0: Chapter 17 The Hunting of the White Stag The battle was all over a few minutes after their arrival. Most of the enemy had been killed in the first charge of Aslan and his companions, and when those who were still living saw that the witch was dead, they either gave themselves up or took to flight. The next thing that Lucy knew was that Peter and Aslan were shaking hands. It was strange to her to see Peter looking as he looked now. His face was so pale and stern, and he seemed so much older." It was all Edmund's doing, Aslan, Peter was saying. We'd have been beaten if it hadn't been for him. The witch was turning our troops into stone left and right, but nothing would stop but nothing would stop him. He fought his way through three ogres to where she was turning one of your leopards into a statue, and when he reached her he had sense to bring his sword, smashing down on her wand instead of trying to go for her directly, and simply getting made a statue himself for his pains. That was the mistake all the rest were making. Once her wand was broken, we began to have some chance. If we hadn't lost so many already, he was terribly wounded. We must go and see him. They found Edmund in charge of Mrs. Beaver a little way back from the fighting line. He was covered with blood, his mouth was open, and his face a nasty green color. Quick, Lucy, said Aslan, and then almost for the first time, Lucy remembered the precious cordial that had been given her for a Christmas present. Her hands trembled so much that she could hardly undo the stopper. "'but she managed it in the end "'and poured a few drops into her brother's mouth. "'There are other people's wounded,' said Aslan, "'while she was still looking eagerly into Edmund's pale face "'and wondering if the cordial would have any result. "'Yes, I know,' said Lucy crossly. "'Wait a minute.' "'Daughter of Eve,' said Aslan in a graver voice. "'Others also are at the point of death. "'Must more people die for Edmund?' "'I'm sorry, Aslan,' said Lucy, "'getting up and going with him.' and for the next half-hour they were busy, she attending to the wounded, while he restored those had been turned into stone. When at last she was free to come back to Edmund, she found him standing on his feet, and not only healed of his wounds, but looking better than she had seen him look, oh, for ages, in fact, ever since his first term at that horrid school, which was where he had begun to go wrong. He had become his real old self again, and could look you in the face, and there on the field of battle Aslan made him a knight." Does he know, whispered Lucy to Susan, what Aslan did for him? Does he know what arrangement with the witch really was? Hush, no, of course not, said Susan. Oughtn't he be told, said Lucy. Oh, surely not, said Susan. It would be too awful for him. Think how you'd feel if you you were he. All the same, I think he ought to know, said Lucy. But at that moment they were interrupted. That night they slept where they were how aslan provided food for them all i don't know but somehow or other they found themselves all sitting down in the grass to a high, fine high tea at about eight o'clock next day they began marching eastward down the side of the great river and the next day after that about, at about tea-time they actually reached the mouth the castle of care paravel on its little hill towered up above them Before them were the sands, with rocks and little pools of salt water and seaweed, and the smell of the sea and long miles of bluish-green waves breaking forever and ever on the beach. And, oh, the cry of the seagulls! Have you heard it? Can you remember? That evening, after tea, the four children all managed to get down to the beach again and get their shoes and stockings off and feel the sand between their toes. But next day was more solemn. For then, in the great hall of Carepavell, that wonderful hall with the ivory roof and the west wall hung with peacock's feathers and the eastern door which looks towards the sea, in the presence of all their friends, and to the sound of trumpets, Aslan solemnly crowned them and led them to the four thrones amid deafening shouts of, "Long live King Peter! Long live Queen Susan! Long live King Edmund! Long live Queen Lucy!" once a king or queen in narnia always a king or queen bear it well sons of adam bear it well daughters of eve said aslan and through the eastern door which was wide open came the voices of the mermen and the mermaids swimming close to the shore and singing in honour of their new kings and queens so the children sat on their thrones and sceptres were put into their hands and they gave rewards and honours to all their friends to Tumnus the fawn, and to the beavers, and giant rumble-buffin, to the leopards, and the good centaurs, and the good dwarves, and to the lion. And that night there was a great feast in Caer and revelry, and dancing, and gold flashed, and wine flowed, and answering to the music inside. But stranger, sweeter, and more piercing came the music of the sea-people. But amidst all these rejoicings, Aslan himself quietly slipped away, And when the kings and queens noticed that he wasn't there, they said nothing about it, for Mr. Beaver had warned them. He'll be coming and going, he had said. One day you'll see him, and another you won't. He doesn't like being tied down, and of course he has other countries to attend to. It's quite all right. He'll often drop in, only you mustn't press him. He's wild, you know, not like a tame lion. And now, as you see, the story is nearly, but not quite at an end. These two kings and two queens governed Narnia well, and long and happy was their reign. At first much of their time was spent in seeking out the remnants of the white witch's army and destroying them, and indeed for a long time there would be news of evil things lurking in the wilder parts of the forest, a haunting there and a killing there, a glimpse of a werewolf one month and a rumor of a hag the next, but in the end all that foul brood was stamped out. And that made good laws and kept the peace and saved good trees from being unnecessarily cut down and liberated young dwarves and young satires from being sent to school and generally stopped busybodies and interferers and encouraged ordinary people who wanted to live and let live. And they drove back the fierce giants, quite a different sort from giant rumblebuffin, on the north of Narnia when those ventured across the frontier. And they entered into friendship and alliance with countries beyond the sea, and paid them visits of state, and received visits of state from them. And they themselves grew and changed as the years passed over them. And Peter became a tall and deep-chested man and a great warrior, and he was called King Peter the Magnificent. And Susan grew into a tall and gracious woman with black hair that fell almost to her feet, and the kings of the countries beyond the sea began to send ambassadors asking for her hand in marriage and she was called Susan the Gentle. Edmund was a graver and quieter man than Peter, and great in counsel and judgment. He was called King Edmund the Just. But as for Lucy, she was always gay and golden-haired, and all princes in those parts desired her to be their queen, and her own people called her Queen Lucy the Valiant. So they lived in great joy, and if they ever, ever they remembered their life in this world, it was only as one remembers a dream and one year it fell out that Tumnus, who was a middle-aged fawn by now and beginning to be stout came down river and brought them news that the white stag had once more appeared in his parts the white stag who would give you wishes if you caught him so these two kings and two queens with the principal members of their court rode a hunting with horns and hounds in the western woods to follow the white stag and they had not hunted long before they had a sight of him and he led them at a great pace over rough and smooth and through thick and thin till the horses of all the courtiers were tired out, and these four were still following. And they saw the stag enter into a thicket, where their horses could not follow. Then, said King Peter, for they talked, in quite a different style now, having been kings and queens for so long, Fair consorts, let us now light from our horses, and follow this beast into the thicket, for in all my days I never hunted a nobler quarry. Sir, said the others, even so let us do so they alighted and tied their horses to trees and went on into the thick wood on foot and as soon as they had entered it queen susan said fair friends here it is a great marvel for i seem to see a tree of iron madam said king edmund if you look well upon it you shall see it is a pair of pillar a pillar of iron with a lantern set on top thereof "'By the lion's mane, a strange device,' said King Peter, "'to set a lantern here, where the trees cluster so thick about it, "'and so high above it, that if it were lit, it should give light to no man?' "'Sir,' said Queen Lucy, "'by likelihood, when this post and the slab were set here, "'there were smaller trees in the place, or fewer, or none, "'for this is a young wood, and the iron post is old.' "'And they stood looking upon it. "'Then,' said King Edmund, not how it is, but this lamp on the post worketh upon me strangely. It runs in my mind that I have seen the like before, as if it were in a dream, or in the dream of a dream. Sir, answered they all, it is even so with us also. And more, said Queen Lucy, for it will not go out of my mind that if we pass this post and lantern either we shall find strange adventures, or else some great change of our fortunes.' madam said king edmund like the foreboding stirreth in my heart also and in my fair brother said king peter and in mine too said queen susan wherefore by my counsel we shall lightly return to our horses and follow this white stag no further madam said king peter therein i pray thee to have me excused for never since we four were kings and queens in narnia have we set our hands to any high matter as battles quests feasts of arms acts of justice and the like and then given over but always what we have taken in hand the same we have achieved sister said queen Lizzie, my royal brother speaks rightly and it seems to me we should be ashamed if for any fearing or foreboding we turn back from following so noble a beast as now we have in chase and so i say said king edmund and i have such desire to find the signification of this thing that i would not by my good will turn back for the richest jewel in all narnia and all the islands then in the name of aslan said queen susan if ye will all have it so let us go on and take the adventure that shall fall on us so these kings and queens entered the thicket and before they had gone a score of paces they all remembered that the thing they had seen was called a lamp-post and before they had gone twenty more they noticed that they were making their way not through branches but through coats and next moment they all came tumbling out of a wardrobe door into the empty room and they were no longer kings and queens in their hunting array but just peter susan edmund and lucy in their old clothes it was the same day and the same hour of the day on which they had all gone into the wardrobe to hide mrs Macready and the visitors were still talking in the passage but luckily, they never came into the empty room, and so the children weren't caught. And that would have been the very end of the story, if it hadn't been that they felt they really must explain to the professor why four of the coats out of his wardrobe were missing. And the professor, who was a very remarkable man, didn't tell them not to be silly or, no, or not to tell lies, but believed the whole story no he said i don't think it will be any good trying to go back through the wardrobe door to get the coats you don't get into narnia again by that route nor would the coats be much use by now if you did Eh? what's that yes of course you'll get back to narnia again some day once a king in narnia always a king in narnia but don't try going to use the same route twice indeed don't try to get there at all it'll happen when you're not looking for it and don't talk too much about it even among yourselves And don't mention it to anyone else, unless you find that they've had adventures of the same sort themselves. What's that? How will you know? Oh, you'll know all right. Odd things they say, even their looks will let the secret out. Keep your eyes open. Bless me, what do they teach them at these schools? And that is the very end of the adventure of the wardrobe. But if the professor was right, it was only the beginning of the adventures of Narnia. Oh, wow, what a delight! Thank you so much for joining me and listening along to The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I'd love to hear from you and hear which characters you connected with, what stood out, what you enjoyed about this story. Thanks so much again. With much love, Aunt Krista.